0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Okay, everybody. Congratulations for tuning in to the Mental Health Comedy Podcast with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer kalari Jennifer will be along shortly. This is a show, if you haven't heard us before, you know that there are deep problems in this country. No, you know that we talk about uh, mental health. We actually practice mental health skills on the show because mental health is a practice. And it's never been, it was never taught to me that way. I I would, my posture would be so much different. I wouldn't have the posture of a question mark. Uh, I'd probably have a full head of hair. I'd probably be able to wear pants in a different manner. But no, no, it didn't happen that way. But, But how lucky am I to work with one of the great child and family therapists and somebody who does so much amazing work, skills, books, anybody who writes a book called You're Ruining My Life, which is a book about t- parenting of teenagers, is, is number one in my book. You can actually connect with so much media that's so helpful on ConnectedParenting.com, ConnectedParenting.com. And that's where my co-host Jennifer Kalari uh, resides and uh, does a lot of work there. She's in residence because it's her organization. The Mental Health Comedy Podcast. So we always have the greatest guests, people from the world of entertainment, a lot of comics, comedians, because there's nothing that goes better with a breakdown than a delicious comedic performer. And there is none other than one of the greats, one of the best people working today. And his special, For the Masses, can be seen on Amazon Prime. Mr. Eddie Pepitone returns to the show today, and I'm thrilled to have him because nobody is funnier, nobody is darker, and no one is more spiritual. So that combination is, makes him very rare. Now today on the show, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about food and mood, the connection between food and mood. We're going to talk about sustainable mental health. What would that be for you? What would that be for me? I don't know. Let's talk about it. We're also going to talk about habits and maybe rest, which is something I'm not familiar with. I don't know if you are, but it's, it's, it's kind of a hard thing, kind of a challenge. Now, there are a lot of shows coming to the Mental Health Comedy Network. This is a network which... Connects comedy with uh, emotional well-being, but also tries to stay with the times and the the times of the shows that are on the streamers. So a couple of the shows coming out soon will be How to Stuff a Wild Emotion. This is a cooking show that's part 50s beach style movie about a mixed cast of chefs who try to help each other deal with uncomfortable emotions while pushing down their feelings with diverse (laughs) mouth-watering bread products that's how to stuff a wild emotion and then another show that i'm looking forward to is is back sassin back sassin centers on a group of scientists who whose fear of anger propels them to develop time travel superpowers their skill being able to stop famous assassins john wilkes booth mark david chapman sirhan sirhan james earl ray they're all thwarted by the back sassin team Just like the A-team, but it starts with a B. When Sasson is deadly, but also a celebration. That's Back Sasson. Some emotional shout-outs for you to welcome people out there, whatever state you're in. If you need a conspiracy theory day planner, welcome. If you can't wait for COVID to be over so you can go out and resent people in person again, welcome. If you respond to good news with the words whatever, welcome. If you're excited that David Attenborough's Instagram is blowing up, welcome. If you're super excited to turn this pandemic into a candemic, welcome. And if you're beating yourself up even now, there's always a place for you right here on the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. We do have a a sponsor, but I'm going to talk about him a little later. This is an amazing uh, product and person. This is a real thing. But I want to bring in Jennifer Kalari. Jennifer, we have been through... A lot mm-hmm. and continue to go through a lot, and your your practice I'm sure you're you're busy night and day yes. talking to people, trying to talk them down. yes, I think this is a time when people are really struggling with food, the isolation and and their feelings, and that's a that's a combination that's really tough mm-hmm. how do you how do you both let yourself off the hook because it is such a stressful time, but at the same time not numb yourself so much with food or stuff yourself so much with food, because it's one of the few comforts mm-hmm. that you, that you don't get crazy from all of the stuff that you're putting in your body.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a tough one. And so I want to break this down for a little bit because food is, um food is an issue for a lot of people. And when you can't go out and you can't do things the way that you did before You know, sitting and watching TV and and eating and eating is something that that people are doing a lot of. And it's often an anxiety response. We, We talk about it as emotional eating often, but there's two kind of responses that people have with food if they're anxious. So one is to not eat at all, which is a problem. So people have a lot of anxiety and who are really stressed and they're really worried about the world and they're just always, you know, their stomach is in knots. They don't eat at all. So there's a whole bunch of people who just aren't eating. Um, And then there's people who soothe and comfort themselves when they're super anxious, they eat more. And the more anxious you are, the more drawn you are to comfort foods, which happen to also be mostly carbohydrates, which break down into sugar, which create more cravings. And then you're sort of mad at yourself because your body starts to sort of take over. And just the more food you eat like that, the more food you want to eat like that and nothing else tastes good. So then you add- Ding, ding,
0: ding, ding. Ding, yeah. ding
2: ding 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah. then throw some self-loathing in there so part of mm, it is right, <laughs> right. so that's a hard one and people you know there's a, so, the, so the people who don't eat and the, there are a lot of people like this who get so anxious that they can't eat food I, I suggest something called the three bite rule and it sounds so silly but you really have to understand this basically every hour and a half to 2 hours you need to eat three bites of a protein So if you're, and I have so many clients who just don't eat, they won't eat, they go all day long and not eating. So it's it's basically three bites. That's all you need. It just keeps your sugar levels up. I mean, obviously you should have meals on top of that, but every couple of hours you need to snack a little bit and you have to make sure that it's a protein and that will help your mood and it will help your anxiety. It absolutely does. So what happens is when you get really hungry, is your body basically is sending you all of these signals. You start to get cranky. You start to get agitated to make up for the fact that you don't have enough energy in your body. And the brain is always interested in survival. It just wants you to be okay. So to compensate for the fact that you're hungry and or tired, it's going to make you irritable and snappy and angry and therefore more anxious. So feed your anxiety with a, a protein snack every couple of hours. It's very hard to do. It's the last thing in the world people want to do that don't want to eat.
1: Feed a cold, starve a fever, feed your anxiety. Feed your anxiety. You're saying feed your anxiety. Well, first of all, pay attention to it, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's automatic eating too, right? There's mm-hmm. unconscious... I mean, I used to stand in front of the refrigerator. When I lived by myself, I would stand in front of the refrigerator for two hours and I'd keep the door open with my hip and mm-hmm. I, would, I would eat. And I'd say that the Krasnick family crest is a man and a woman polishing off a box of doodads in the dark. we'd eat in the dark and standing up and and is it okay you know if you can say to yourself i need this i'm gonna nourish myself but i'm gonna have a piece of cake right now i'm gonna have something because if
2: you're standing over the fridge standing there looking at everything you're not hungry right if you were hungry you're looking for something else yeah you would grab whatever's there like you would eat right so if you're lounging around in front of the fridge and opening all the cupboards you're you're emotionally eating you're, you're trying to deal with something emotional
0: yeah well that's my that's my prerogative
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's true that's true that is my prerogative as an american yes as an Amer- i'm proud american yeah eddie pepitone did i say enough about you did i say that you also have a show called live from the bunker and that they can find it on Instagram live Oh no yeah you didn't do that Um didn't do that
0: But let me ask Jennifer Jennifer I'm vegan mm-hmm. me and my wife are vegan Awesome So pro protein so you're saying uh you know key, you know have a protein thing uh, every hour and a half
2: Yep That's so, a lot of edamame uh, <laughs> Edamame Yep nuts seeds
0: But yes I I really relate to that like it is amazing with the carbs that the more I eat, the more I want. And as a matter of fact, as you were talking about them, I just was visualizing a baguette. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. But here, I was that's, like, wow. a, that's a syndrome. That's a syndrome. Yep. Well, I've heard of that.
2: Here's the thing about that. The, yeah. The more you eat like that, the more that's all that tastes good. Right. And then it's not even your. Is out, right? Is that right? Yeah. Why is that? It it just has to. Do, it it really creates carving. It messes up your insulin levels, mm. and it just creates oh. cravings. It makes it creates, your body,
1: cravings, right. it creates
2: cravings, right? So your body thinks that you're hungry all the time when you're not. But every fiber of you feels like you are. Yes. So yeah. if you, you just have, and it's not that carbs are bad. It's just, you want to make sure that you're, you're not overeating carbs and that you're coupling yeah. with protein yeah. when you can, you also don't want to be eating too much protein. But so, so for the people who are super anxious, food is medicine, right? So if you're actually eating a balanced diet, not and your insulin levels, aren't going crazy and you're eating a nice amount of protein, you're going to feel better. You're going to be less anxious. and You're gonna be happier for people who overeat or who eat a lot of carbs. You f- it just makes you hungrier. There's no end to it. You're just right, hungry right.
0: all the time. Where, yes, I I totally agree with that. Where does the spiritual component come into this?
2: Really good question. Because yeah. because
0: that's what I I I've also been working on a lot. Because I I you know the eating isn't uh, for me these days. It's even though yeah I am anxious a, somewhat, but it's not. I don't have my, I don't have intense anxiety. And I think that eating is just kind of like, you know, because of COVID and there's less to do. It's like, oh, oh God, you know, it's like, uh, well, yeah, yeah, but boredom, I always kind of try to analyze what boredom is. Uh And it's, 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 it's a spiritual thing. I think it's like, Boredom is this kind of resignation. It's kind of a depression, you know, and I feel like if I can like consciously be grateful for Mm -hmm. certain things, if I can consciously breathe and connect to like a stillness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, I just wanted to throw in the spiritual component for that.
2: Right. What you're saying is huge. Right. So
1: so the, yeah, the first
2: thing you want to be thinking about, well, we'll come back to boredom for a second, but food and spirituality, spirituality and eating and spirituality It's really important to think of this body that you're in. Like it, we just take it for granted. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. The stuff that our yeah. bodies can do every minute from mm-hmm. second to second is astonishing. And what do we do oh, all oh, day? you've long? seen
0: my work. You've seen my work.
2: Okay, bye.
1: <laughs> yeah, your body is incredible. It's a it temple is, that people visit. People are visiting the temple.
2: Right, and everybody complains about it all the time. They look at, oh, look at me. I look old. I look fat. I hate what I'm wearing. Like, oh, I know. So I know. Right. You know.
1: But I If know. you just
2: looked in the mirror and went, this is unbelievable. Like, I can't believe what my body can do. My eyes work. My ears work. I'm standing up straight yeah. up with a thousand muscles just to smile. Like, this is incredible. If you actually mm-hmm. were present in what your body does for you every minute of the day and concentrated mm-hmm. on that, concentrated on, you know, if you, your movement and how, how you, you know, all the things that your body can do. If you focused on that, you would literally change things right there.
0: Is that right?
2: Absolutely.
1: How many people do that? How many people actually are grateful that their body works? And you you know, you often hear about many people whose bodies don't work, who are not able-bodied yeah. and and how they adjust or don't adjust. Yeah. And really, when you think about it, I mean, look, I can I just took a walk on the beach. I'm the luckiest person in the world. Right? Okay. I can complain <laughs> about all kinds of walk. things, but, but truly, truly I'm the luckiest person in the world, and that's why eat, pray, love, I was going to say, Eddie and I should get together and just watch that film.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But but that's it. And that's the whole thing right there, right? If you walk around, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I don't know. The other thing too, Eddie, is when you eat a lot of carbs, you feel exhausted. You do. It makes you very sluggish and very tired and it drains your energy. Like just do an experiment. Anyone who's listening, sit down and eat like a a vegan meal or a healthy meal, vegetarian meal, any, any kind of meal without carbs, just, just, just without the heavy, heavy, heavy stuff and pay Mm -hmm. attention to how you feel after you will actually feel energy. You'll feel lifted up. If you actually concentrate on how your body feels, you'll feel a little, little zip. Whereas if you eat something Mm -hmm. very, very heavy and dense, you have that. We all know that feeling. It's like when you've had one too many pancakes, you know, that feeling, it's that heavy, like, ugh kind of feeling which we get used to and we ignore but that's ignoring
1: that and my gluten my gluten free people because i've been gluten free for years and and honest to god the reason why i'm gluten free is because i would eat an entire box of cereal like day one day to the next day if i was in trouble emotionally i would stuff my feelings with crazy stuff and i had probably bagels and every day of my life and I, be, I had yeah. so much that I used to date somebody who said you should change your name to bread Krasnick and that you have a film of carbohydrate covering your head and you should have a carbohydrate conveyor belt in your kitchen. Mm. This is how I became uh, allergic and, and, and developed other food allergies. It's, that's another thing. If you're a person that eats the same thing every day over and over again, it's mm. not good for you. It is not good for you. So a very balanced diet, I mean, I I say it, I don't do it, but I say it.
2: Well, the other thing too, is when you are in connection with your body and you're appreciating your body, no matter what it can do, you can always find the things that it does well, right? If you have pain in your back, then think about how your knee doesn't hurt. Like actually take your mind and focus Mm. on where you do have mobility, where you do feel good, where you can move. It sounds so ridiculous, but this is actually training your brain to feel very differently right. and have a different relationship with your body. And then then you can have balance, then you can eat a baguette and so what, then you're fine, right? Like, it, this is not about oh, like, that is bad, oh, it's just <laughs> eat, listen, it's back to what I talk about all the time, lining up with love, not fear, right? If, you, if you're mm. walking around all day feeling, I shouldn't eat this, somebody's gonna see, I, I really shouldn't, and you feel guilty and you feel stressed out about eating it, then your brain is gonna register lack and it doesn't understand what's happening. It just thinks that you're going to be starving. Someone's going to take all the bread off the planet, and you're never going to eat it again. If you walk through the grocery store, I could have that if I want to. I can have that. There's plenty of that. At moment to moment, I could have that if I want to, but I'm just going to choose now not to have it. Right? If you can even just get mm. your brain to not think in terms of lack, yeah. it looks different. Yeah,
1: that that is a huge point, lack, because mm-hmm. I think what 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 happens is. That because the brain is so, because we orient ourselves towards what we don't have so much, it's we feel like it's not possible. We feel like there is lack and mm-hmm. we don't have it. And it, the truth is that we have a lot. Like in terms of the, in terms of the greater world right now, we have a lot. We're, the three of us are talking and we have a lot, you yeah. know, right well, now.
0: The thing is, the thing is, too, is that we live in a consumeristic mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. that it pivots on convincing us that we need this, we
1: need this, we need this. We're, we're never enough, correct?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Think- and, when, and when you adhere to it and then all of a sudden, you know, if you watch The Social Dilemma or you, you look at some of the work that's been done with addiction to phones and addiction to technology, this is the perfect storm because, because you get all your information through this technology and then all of a sudden, you're. It's what you. What you're lacking is is a connection to the world. Like we think that that. I mean, you, you're taught to think that that connects you to the world. It actually disconnects you from the world, from the real world. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my that's my speech for tonight. I'm Ed Krasnick. Please <laughs> see me. I'm at the Knights of Columbus Hall. But Eddie, I wanted to. I wanted to just ask you. So you are somebody who balances. Really different things that don't seem to work together, but you balance them Mm. so beautifully. And that is a tremendous darkness, Mm -hmm. a a tremendous sense of humor, a tremendous stillness and spirituality, and awareness. And you're somebody who you told me that when you wake up, it looks like there was a murder scene there. What does that mean? (laughs) How do you balance all that? How how does that? How does all of that coexist?
0: First of all, you're giving me too much credit because I I, I don't have an easy time with it at all. I I find that uh, meditation part is hard for me to do these days. One rule I've given myself that has really helped me is I will not look at any media for the first two hours I'm up. And I've just adhered to it. And it's really helped me because when this pandemic, when this pandemic first hit, I was reading the New York Times. I was dwelling on CNN because there's an addiction to, uh, at least for me, to catastrophe, to disaster. You know, it's like, oh my God, this is so exciting. We're all gonna die, <laughs> or you know, I bought into, again, you know, the consumerist culture is also news. It's like consume, you have to watch. Breaking news is designed, right, to hook you in. Mm-hmm. It's designed to hook you in. Oh my God, I got to hear this. What's breaking? And you realize what's breaking is what's been breaking for the last <laughs> hundred years.
1: That's right. Yeah, That's right. So true. Constantly breaking, constantly breaking. And, and, and I'll, I, you know, I'll tell you, it's, it's, we forget that these things are, they're something they're tools, but they're not something to run you they're not something to run your life it's a tool. The computer is a tool. the phone is a tool that you get the news yep. to know what's going on, but it's not a way of life it's not a way of living. People actually believe, mm-hmm. and this is what's wrong people actually believe that what they read on Facebook is news
2: mm-hmm. Years ago, the news could be on in the morning, maybe midday. Mm-hmm. Dinner and the evening. And then the rest of the time, there wasn't – and maybe at a paper, right? But it's on constantly 24 hours a day now, feeding you. Yeah.
0: You know, that's funny, Jennifer, because I remember when, yeah, it was like, oh, it's the 6 o'clock news. And then the next time was
1: 11. Yeah. You know? Right. you had a life in
2: between, right? That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. CNN came in, and they made 24-hour news, and that was it. And they found out that news could actually make money.
2: Fear makes money.
1: Yeah, well, Well, that's true. Drives
2: the news, right? Like, like they realized that
0: we we talked about earlier. Uh, the divisiveness of the country Mm -hmm. you know and that is such a product of the news like you know Fox blames the uh the the Dems and you know CNN and MSNBC blame the Republicans Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah it's a blame game and it's like you know it's a Anyway, it's just such well, a mess.
2: It is a mess. But you know what's so interesting, and, and people don't realize this, if you actually had the real news on, like what was actually happening moment mm. to moment in people's lives, it would be yeah. good news, good news, good news. Somebody helps somebody. Somebody gives up their parking spot. Somebody's nice. Somebody gives, mm. helps a neighbor. Bad news, right? And then a bunch of good news. Mm. The bad news is actually a blip. If you, if you think about how your actual day goes True. with your own True. eyes, what do you see? Neighbors helping each other, people getting along, people paying attention to street signals—like you would not know right. that from watching the news. The news is not an accurate rep- representation of reality. It's not. Just think about yeah, yeah. it.
1: And, right. and, and if you—and once you get this, once you ingest this stuff—if you do unplug and you get away from it, like you're saying, Eddie, for a couple hours in the morning, I you realize that. That, that, that you realize that you're so much bigger than the media that surrounds you you're so much bigger
2: yeah eddie do you also do that at night before bed Do you make sure you're not watching the news before bed too you know
0: what maybe i need to do that um because i tend to kind of do more computer browsing at night in the evening yeah Yeah, I usually recommend like
2: at least an hour before bed. You can do something else, just don't watch the news. Don't go to sleep with that emotional vibration set. Your body's set to the channel when you close your eyes, right? No,
0: I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news, but I've gotten kind of into You know, I I subscribe to the New York Times and I'll look at an update on Corona or an update on you know, Trump, you know what I mean? Like that kind yeah. of
2: stuff. Well, but- how, how you go to sleep and how you wake up, you got the wake up part. How you go to sleep and how you wake up really sets mm-hmm. the point for your day. Right? It really does. The other thing I want to say about news, and obviously you need to have some news, it's, it's always about balance mm-hmm. right in the middle, but the news cycle, because it's based on fear, mimics what the brain does. So think mm-hmm. about this. If you think, Well, it mimics how the brain mm-hmm. handles fear. So think about this for a second. Let's say you say to yourself, ooh, I got an ache, I've had it for a couple days. I think I'll go to the internet and find out what's wrong and then I'll find a piece of news that will make me feel better about this pain in my side or whatever it is, okay? So you go on the internet, you all know how that turns out. It's awful and you find all these hideous things you could have. Then you feel anxious Mm -hmm. and you think, oh my God, I can't deal with this anxiety. I'm gonna go look again. Maybe I'll find something else that might make me feel better. And the more you look to find something that makes you feel better, the more you find things that are not gonna make you feel better. That's exactly what happens in our heads when we worry we worry on a loop right you think about something you stress about it you don't think right. about it for a second and the loop runs again no 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 you shouldn't be thinking about something else you should be worrying and you end up in this crazy loop and the news is on a loop it's the same stuff all yeah. the
0: time yeah it is it, it's so true yeah
1: and that is really what's caused you know what's what's aided the divide is the demonization of of, of people the, of the separating of people yes. You, yeah. you you separate people. You say, Well, if you if you vote this way you have to be this and if you vote that way you have to be that. That's when people stop talking and that's mm-hmm. when you have reactivity. That's when you have a, a divide. So that's why I moved to Norway. I always keep a go bag ready for Norway. You get a little go bag together, you put some protein in there and get you know, just so you know. Yeah. That's what I do. And Eddie, you've said this before, it's it's very funny in your in your show. Yeah. But the idea that we've become so desensitized to tragedy and to what, what real, uh, you know, what, what's really going on, that you can be eating a snack while you're watching a beheading. And it's, and it's like, what is yeah. going on yeah. here? Yeah, like,
0: well, I mean, A beheading is actually funnier, but I, it's like uh, like I've actually looked at hurricanes as entertainment. Do you know what I mean the way it's broadcast on the news like and uh you know Edda is going to make downfall yeah I mean going to make landfall you know and Etta. it's like yeah. oh my god this is going on oh my god I think it's overstimulation is another way to put it
2: it has to do with adrenaline right Eddie you said it a minute mm. ago almost like an addiction so adrenaline yep. is a stimulant like it, yeah. it works the same way Adderall and Vivance works. It stimulates the frontal lobe, the part of the brain that plans and organizes and inhibits and motivates. So it it actually is a stimulant, right? So it, it becomes how we regulate. I mean, kids do this all the time by fighting with their siblings and bugging their siblings and, or, you know, starting up with their parents. They want They want this blast of adrenaline, which then brings the brain into balance. That's what we're doing when we're looking at horror movies scary shows or, you know, check in the news for the latest, you know, catastrophe. We're using that adrenaline to regulate.
0: Well, how do we do that naturally? How do we get in balance naturally then without that?
2: Well, that's, so that's a good point so there's i mean there's some really fun ways to do it that's what sports are for right that's what bo- playing cards i love that right we Great, like
1: mm-hmm. right? we, games. We
2: play cards and games that's why humans love mm-hmm. that stuff right that we we're in competition we're having fun that's why kids you know, wrestle with each other and there's lots of lovely ways to get it and there's nothing wrong yeah. with watching those things just don't watch it all day long right? Just, just make right. sure that you have a, a little oh, yeah. compartment for yeah. it. Yeah. And then you have other yeah. ways. And, just, and well, I was just going right. to say, Ed, that the truth is, you know, when we are adrenaline seeking, which is also video games, it's why people play games on their phones. We're looking for that constant steady hit of adrenaline. Mm. And we're also mm-hmm. looking for dopamine, right? And dopamine is a hormone that gives right. us that kind of zap. And it's actually designed to, you know, to reward us for doing something really boring, like, building a house or, or a shelter or fishing or hunting, like something that takes a really long time and a lot of concentration. So when you finally get that thing mm-hmm. done, you get a blast of adrenaline, you get a blast of dopamine. That's what the reward is for, right? So you get excited by this thing you just did. And then because it was so boring and hard, you remember the really good feeling, which makes you want to do it again. But with ah. the media mm-hmm. and you know, video games and Snapchat and all mm-hmm. these instant little gratification things that you get gambling, everything is like this. Food is also mm-hmm. like this you you get that sort of um rush from it and then the thing about it the thing about dopamine actually is you need more of that thing to get the same thrill that you got the last time. Sugar is a perfect example of this. That's why right, you just keep right. having needing more to get the same feeling that you got last time. So then you're out of
1: balance. I really wanna something happened. I, I was in San Diego. I was at a place called Moonlight Beach, which is a very beautiful uh, place and there was a snack bar there, and you know you're at the beach. You think <laughs> it's a snack bar. It what could be in a snack bar? Nothing good, nothing nutritious for sure. Nothing supposed to be nutritious there. So I have one of these Hawaiian ice things, and I started talking to the guy behind the cash register. Turns out the guy is a naturopath. He's a doctor, and what he does is he specializes in creating nutritious meals and food for the entire community at this snack bar and he has a company called it's called aquapurenutrition.com and he is going to be a new sponsor of this show and and it is Mm. uh, it's unbelievable this guy has the patent on all of these kinds of things that are nutritionally based but that help kids with nutrition in third world countries that help kids in communities and schools, even professional uh, athletics. And it's very interesting. And he has he has such a consciousness about helping people and about giving back. Dr. Mike down there at aquapurenutrition.com. They have sandwiches, they have vitamins, they have jelly beans that are made for kids, but that have amino acids in them and that have different things to help their their development to help their brain development it's really interesting what he's doing down there it's That's a whole really world insane. but you would never you would never know it i mean you're tasting the food and you're like this is amazing what is this he said well it's not gatorade it's a natural drink that i've created
2: <laughs> and i'm like hearing?
1: what the hell
0: i gotta tell you my instinct about this guy is i don't like him but go ahead <laughs>
1: You think he's up to something. Yeah. Yeah. What's he what's he trying to pull is your whole angle. Um yeah, but I but I honest to God, I would say go to aquapurenutrition.com and check out what they're doing. And if you're in San Diego, you happen to be at Moonlight Beach, go visit the cafe or in Oceanside, go visit the cafe. Go down to talk to Mike, talk to Dr. Mike at, at Moonlight Beach, and you will not believe how amazing these things taste and that they're all homemade and they're all made Enjoy. there. And, and, and we said, you know, mixed nutrition, varied diet. It's the same with mental nutrition, right? So, awareness and, and doing different things at different times for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the breathing or whether it's the exercising, and or whether it's just being aware of something and just noticing a thought and letting it go, letting it go through. This is a constant thing that that you know anybody can learn, anybody can practice. It's challenging to do, but just to shout it out, just to call it out is enough sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just to call it out,
0: by the way, one of the big like spiritual things that that I'm realizing is a theme and all these spiritual masters is the addiction we have, our ultimate addiction is to thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like thinking is the enemy. <laughs> I don't mean to put it like that, but it's yeah. like what we need to do is, you know, not go down the rabbit hole yeah. of our thoughts and you know, we could turn on the TV and what we're doing is going down the rabbit hole of whatever is on the television, the thoughts of that. Like if it's the news, you know, and they're talking about Trump not conceding, then we go down that rabbit hole with them. Oh, what's going to happen when Trump doesn't conceding? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 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 in general, thoughts are – well, for someone like me, they're never that good. It's My thoughts are always about – oh, this is uh, not going to work out. I'm going to be homeless very soon. You know what I mean? Like That's like on and people. on and
2: I mean, on. Most people do that. Honestly, mo- we do.
0: What I'm reading lately is that we need to go beyond thoughts, which means to get in touch with our bodies and our emotions okay. and just kind of witness. That's the word they use mm-hmm. all the time witness our thoughts now this is really difficult because our identities are so intertwined with our thoughts but it's not who we really are and this is the kind of path I've been going down with spirituality this is huge
2: though this is this is huge it's not even that the thoughts it's what you think about your your world is a mirror of what you are focusing on
0: yes it, you magnify whatever you focus
2: absolutely so if you yeah. focus on what's wrong and you focus what's going to go wrong your body then becomes addiction and addicted to it. it's a whole psychoneurobiology. but if you learn to just take a second and, and maybe you just maybe for 15 seconds you're able to think about something neutral or something else and then right. your brain grabs you and you start thinking about negative things again and you just constantly Work away at this. Work away at this until you find that most of the day you're actually thinking about neutral things or positive things. You will change your body chemistry. You will change everything. Not
1: not even positive, just neutral. Even neutral. General.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's like, have you ever heard of a
0: guy named David Hawkins?
2: No. Mm,
1: No. Okay, David
0: Hawkins. Well, yeah, I think so. He's got he's got several books. But one of them is called Letting Go, and I recommend that one. His whole thing is, like, just constantly surrender. And, Ed, you were talking about allergies, you know, to Brad or whatever. And, um, like, he makes the case that, you know, it's all – it's like if we think, you know, things are bad, they're going to be bad for us. (laughs) You know? Like, it's all, again, about the focus of the mind. It's like – it's like he talks about how amazing the body is as well, uh, as long as you get your, your brain out of the way. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, because of the negative thinking, it's like, just surrender your, your thinking. Just surrender it. You just go, I, you just let it go. I mean, that's why the book is called Let It Go. You just go, yeah. let it go. Okay, that's what they pass. like
2: clouds,
0: They do, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a real unless, unless you really identify with them and-
1: yeah, and you may, and you make meaning out of it. If I think this, it has meaning. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm this kind oh, of yeah. person, or I'm that kind of person. I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm a bad person. I'm not enough of a person. But I think you said something really important too, Eddie, which is the idea that you are separate from other people. Right away, mm-hmm. the the idea that that your identification is that I'm this this way, and other people are that way. We're all the same. We're all anytime you get a separate message, you know, it's a lie. You know, it's not the truth. That's why being lied to as a country. It's just not true that there are these people and those people. It's just not Mm -hmm. true that that it's only red and blue. They're human beings who forgot that, you know, that we're we're all human beings. We all are the same. And yep. we're not separate. We're not separate,
0: right? You're talking about non-duality, which is a big thing in the
1: spiritual work. I I've been reading too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you and you're talking about a being state too. Uh, people, you know, the feeling of actually being for a second, whether it's breathing or something like that, not doing but actually sitting and just being, not doing anything, and having that sensation is a wonderful. You know, even if it's for a second, if you can feel it for a second, you can feel it for for a lifetime. We have
2: to remember that feelings are information. And if you mm. want more information, your brain doesn't like that. It's going to resend the information. And if you didn't lean, listen to it this way, it's going to resend it another way. Right? So the more you run away from your feelings, the more your, your brain is just going to keep sending them. So I love what Eddie was saying. You literally turn, feel it. Sit in it, mm-hmm. like surrender to it a little bit. Just just be in that space for a bit. Just think of it as waves on the beach or being on a trampoline. When you go down, you're going to go up. And that contrast is so important. You you wouldn't have happiness without it, right? But what happens is these dark moments and we think this is how it is. It's never going to change. It's not going to be this way forever. No, it's not. Like, I mean, you might go through something, but it will end. And as long as you're looking at it and people go through terrible, terrible things, And come out Mm -hmm. as learners and come out stronger. I mean, human beings are unbelievably resilient. They really are. And we're not the thinker of our thoughts. That's what most people don't realize. You are not your thoughts. So the second you observe yourself thinking and you observe yourself feeling, you become something else. Right? So Mm. surrendering, letting go, and then go neutral. Find something else to focus on just, and, and even if you can do it for a few seconds, if your brain pulls you back to the negative, okay, then fight again. A few seconds later, keep, put up a little fight and watch how quickly your brain will create neural pathways that support you going the other way. That's the thing that I want everyone to understand. You are the architect of your own brain and you, you create yeah. it by what you think about and what you focus on.
1: You can direct your brain and it can go in many different directions, not just one direction. It's not automatic. No.
2: First, it's willpower, right? And, but after a while, it becomes more and more natural, just like learning any skill. This is a skill. And it, you know, if you want to get better at this, one of the things you can try, which seems completely unrelated, but it's great, is when you're going to sleep at night. Pick a place that makes you feel comfortable. You know, don't choose a place that you have any negative feelings around. But just a place you're quite familiar with. Could be a childhood, your grandparents' home or a childhood home. Doesn't matter. And wander through it. Just wander through in it. Your in your mind. In your mind. Room in by in room. Your mind. Open the drawers. You'll First of all, you'll be blown away at how much your brain can actually remember. But second, the real thing you're doing is you're actually creating neural pathways to take your brain where you want it to go. It's practice for your brain. Right. And then you suddenly realize, oh, I forgot where I was. What was I? Oh, I started thinking about something. Oh, right. I was in the kitchen looking through my childhood kitchen. And then back you go and you do it. And you could use different spaces every night. Practice. Build the neural pathways, mm-hmm. to control where your mind goes. And you will find that you get better and better at it. And that, when you get better at that, suddenly when you really need it, when you want to stop worrying, guess what? It's not just willpower mm-hmm. anymore. You actually have hardware to back it up.
1: That actually is a great thing to do, great thing to do, it just before you go to bed, to imagine, just to use the power of imagination. That's
0: also how you can use the uh, technology, too, because like, for instance, I have a, uh, a beautiful DVD of flowers in the Sonoran Desert, Gorgeous. and it is just gorgeous, like they take you through the seasons and how the different fauna changes. Boy, that is just like right. a lovely place to go. That's you know beautiful. what I mean? In your head.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could do that in your head. Do both.
1: It, isn't it isn't it amazing that even with technology, like you say, it's so surprising. Like CBS mm-hmm. Sunday morning, the show, they have a moment of silence where they take you to a nature. They take you to they take you to an amazing place in America mm-hmm. and it's always in nature and they have nothing but the sound of what's going on there, whether it's an ocean or a brook or a place or a a forest, it stays on for one minute. And I swear to God, that one minute can cleanse your whole day. Mm -hmm. That one minute.
0: They should have that on 24 hours a day. Oh,
1: seriously, seriously. It's amazing that this comes through technology, but it gives you the same feeling. It gives you the, and now you can have it in your, now you can have it in your head. You use both. You
2: you can use the visual to calm down, but the practice of doing that before you go to sleep in your own mind, wander through a field of flowers. It sounds so silly and corny, but first of all, your brain can't tell the difference. It cannot. Your midbrain does not know the difference between you actually being there and imagining it. There is no difference. Um, And if you take your, your awareness there, your consciousness there, you're practicing the skill of directing your thoughts, which is a good skill to have.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, th- this is so important. Anybody, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually practice this today. I'm also thinking of starting a whole s- string of emotional escape rooms. They're <laughs> what? escape God, rooms.
2: This is that's brilliant. But they're
1: emotional escape rooms. It's like, oh, there's somebody you there's something you don't want to face behind that door. Here's a clue. <laughs> well, and people, because people love escape rooms and they love paintball, so if we can put emotions to it, maybe, maybe it'll be a good thing. You want to open it with me, Eddie? We'll open it. Well, yeah, I was also thinking of,
0: uh, as far as paintball, just the Matisse uh, water lily paintball, and uh, oh. it's uh, nice. you know it doesn't draw the same crowd, but yeah. uh, it's, and it's not as competitive, but it's good. It's just,
1: you you do an Impressionist painting, uh, you actually have elements of it. Now, of course, those painters uh, struggled a lot with their feelings, but, but that's for another show at another time.
0: I just think what we're talking about, you know, you know, surrendering and kind of, um, uh, you know, being the master of your own thoughts with that kind of practice is mm-hmm. so so important to, yes. to mental health and it actually is something that isn't talked about a lot because nope. it's antithetical to the capitalist consumerist uh
2: paradigm you yeah. know yeah
1: well that's right yeah. and then this is this is the kind of stuff that can be practiced and and really needs to be taught
2: if you're teaching kids this so they grow up knowing this i mean how unbelievable wow. is that. you right? do
1: that yeah i don't i've
0: never had kids but i thought kids are just naturally like brilliant and kids are naturally go to those spaces, well, yeah. but I, I guess they then learn.
2: They learn, that gets learned out of them, right? Like, and I work with kids all the time. I mean, that's primarily what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I teach myself mm-hmm. self parent, but also to help with, you know, teach these skills to their kids and children mm-hmm. are, they're natural experimenters and they're, they have beautiful imaginations. They, they have no problem imagining right they're really good at that 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 they actually lose that later on in childhood but we have bells and you've got to do this and you got to sit still and you have to and there's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that you have to learn how to function in the world but when they're always on screens and they're not in their imaginations playing that's a really important skill that children are losing and it's critical but mm. part i love about this is teaching kids that they're the architect of their brain that you can design your brain by what you're thinking about that there's so much power in that. Now, the thing I do want to say though, if there's people listening that have like horrendous anxiety, like anxiety can get so bad sometimes. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to think about my house when I'm, you know, feel like I can't breathe. Right. So those moments, really all you can do is, you know, you can do your breathing, right? Drop your tongue. Just try to breathe. Tell yourself it'll be over soon. If you have loved ones, they can just kind of soothe you. If you have a gravity blanket, mm-hmm. a weighted blanket, grab that. The 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 stuff that we're talking about is when you're not in full fight or flight. Right. When you're when you're fully having a panic attack, you can't think about anything except,
0: you know. Right, right yeah that's almost comical like someone
2: <laughs> right uh,
0: in, in in a major panic attack and you just yell at them well go in your fucking grandmother's house right <laughs> <Exactly>.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah Right. It, 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 no, that wouldn't work but the rest of the time this is what you do and then the next time you have a panic attack it's not going to last as long you're going to recuperate right. ho- recover from it much faster and and there's nothing wrong with medication it can be extremely helpful in your journey of it's finding really helpful it
0: it's really helpful
2: absolutely me. it's it's a it gives you air right but but mm. i want people to hear there's so much hope in this you can do this it's and it, it's slow going it really is but you wouldn't go to the gym and do one sit up and be mad that you don't have abs right. like right like everything else is a practice
1: it's a practice, and the time to do it is not when you're in panic. The time to do it is when you wake up in the morning. The time to do it is during the day. The time to do it is before you go to bed. The time to do it is any time, and it doesn't have to be for 50 minutes. It can be for fourteen seconds. It's just the mm-hmm. consciousness that you're choosing to do this yeah. turns your brain around. You know, it can turn your brain around. Okay. And I would say if there's one thing that this, the theme of this whole show really is encourage imagination, encourage. Mm-hmm imagination in yourselves and others and then watch cnn and and then you know go have a protein and then go do go do (laughs) go do other things you know you can do all kinds of things Mm -hmm. encouraging imagination as a tool to deal with your own mental health is like come on
2: yeah and i don't really know who else i'm sure people do but it's not certainly in the mental health community that's not something you hear like when i work with my clients one-on-one or i work with kids one-on-one who have phobias or all kinds of anxiety. I don't do any physical strategies first. We we do it all in the imagination first. That's it. We do it mm. in, internally first. And then when it's time to actually mm. do the strategies in real life, it's easier.
0: No, I, it, it just really is kind of, you know, slowly, like Jennifer was saying, uh, getting uh, healthier and more balanced by realizing that, So much of our unhappiness or anxiety or depression is because of all these unconscious desires and, you know, brain activity, you know, the the way we've been wired, Mm -hmm. you know, and the way the culture likes to have us wired so we consume and buy you know absolutely um,
2: well the and the answer is never going to come from the outside i mean obviously we have to have basic but the truth is why do you think every archetype every story every movie the wizard of oz what's the answer always it's always in you right every
1: right that, yeah that archetype yeah. we right.
2: know it as human beings but we forget and we're told that we need an outside source we need to buy something we need to drink something we need to go somewhere we need to you know, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, but really it, it does come from the inside and, you know, there are people going through some real struggles right now, and that's not going to help people who just lost their job, but the truth is that's, that's all you really have, right? And you have to find happiness in whatever moment you have to realize Mm -hmm. that you have to be present in the now. Um, And that's, that's where it comes from, right? If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're depressed, you're living in the past. So take your, it's all about right now.
1: And and, and when you ask that, when you ask the question of what's going on right now, it's a tremendous relief because all of the things that we're worried about are not happening right now, usually Mm -hmm. in this moment. I'm talking about moment to moment. And
2: if they are, it will Mm -hmm. pass, like Eddie said.
1: If you want to see something really funny, if you want to see funny stand-up, like truly funny stand-up, you watch Eddie Pepitone for the masses on Amazon Prime. Awesome. I mean, I'm a stand-up comic. I'm, I'm. Of course, we're friends, but I watched <laughs> it as a view, a viewer, and I laughed my ass off. I just <laughs> thought it was so good, and uh, it was such a pleasure to laugh. I didn't really know what laughing was. And then I thought there was something wrong with me, and I called the doctor. But he said, "No, it's okay to just watch the show." And so I watched it, and um, it's great. Eddie, it's Eddie awesome. is a master stand up, so watch for the masses on Amazon Prime, and and tune into the bunk live from the bunker, which I believe is Eddie is it Tuesdays and Thursdays? Yeah, Tuesday and
0: Thursday um, okay. at four p.m. Pacific time. Awesome, right? I and, I, and, and, I call it. I call it PTSD time. Right, right.
1: PTSD. (laughs) So so it's a live from the bunker, and that's on Instagram Live. This is a great conversation. I really appreciate it. I thanks Eddie for for coming on and for being being who you are. It's it's such a pleasure.
0: All right, Eddie, Eddie and Jennifer, thank you guys so much.
1: A pleasure, Eddie. Eddie Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick for Jennifer Kalari, for Eddie Pepitone. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.